재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. And we're back. We are talking to Professor Hwang Jong-uk and we're talking once again about THAAD, why it's so controversial, why uh, various residents are opposed to it, including uh, now residents of another county after a proposed alternative site is under consideration by the government. So give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Talk message by adding TBSCFM as a plus friend. Uh, Professor Huang, as uh, we've been talking about this issue, and I know we've talked about this several times in other panel discussions, uh, Seoul-Beijing ties, and uh, there's been an evolution of this uh, relationship, especially um, after China became more prominent economically, uh, it gradually became a more important trading partner to now where it's uh, by far, not even close, the most important trade partner for China. But diplomatically, there's been a warming of ties too, particularly with this uh, current president and the uh, personal chemistry that she has with the uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping. How, how bad are relations right now? It seems like this one incident has somehow set back, um, if not decades, but years of progress made in uh, South Korea-China relations. I mean, definitely. I mean, we haven't seen a you know, relationship this bad, um, you know, for forever, basically. And it's such a stark contrast because just last year, President Park, you know, made that splash, you know, new splash by, you know, visiting the, the Victory Day Parade. A wartime military exactly. parade, which would have been unheard of, right? It, exactly. Ago. I mean, there were concerns about, you know, is South Korea getting too close, too close to yeah. China? I mean, that was kind of the you know buzzword at that time. And, you know, just uh, almost a year later, we are talking about, you know, is South Korea just dissing China. That's the talk. So, I mean, the the, the stark changes really, really, uh, you know, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, that's all I can say, really. It is remarkable and it just really goes to show how relationships can, can fray in, in just really a blink of an eye. Uh, exports, experts do expect that uh, uh, China would gradually uh, intensify its criticism against that. Basically, kind of keep that drumbeat going right. up through the uh, presidential election in 2017, perhaps try to get a more favorable uh, candidate to win the presidency who may do an about-face on that, although we don't know how that uh, is feasible, especially with this uh, very tight-knit relationship that uh, the U.S. and South Korea traditionally share. This is kind of similar to what we hear about North Korea trying to so somewhat meddle in, in uh, South Korean elections, right. but I don't. You said this before too, right? You don't believe this is going to be the decisive issue in the 2017 presidential election. So I'm imagining, in this sense too, as well with China, if they're thinking this way, probably not going to be a tactic that works, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this, you know, this line of reasoning is giving too much credit given to whatever influence that China has in Korea. And furthermore, if you just look at, you know, where China's own priorities lie, I mean, off the top of my head, I'll think that their concerns about their own economic slowdown as well as this, you know, discomfort over the South China Sea yeah. where the military buildup is actually happening involving Chinese military and the other nations including the US I mean the that definitely ranks below those two concerns so I mean I, I don't think this will be as big a deal as people, many people make it out to be right and, and if anything um, China is probably mindful of the uh, the backlash that could ensue 
from their backlash where even in the lead up to that, I remember there were grumblings here where people started saying, stop pressuring us, China, because we are our own sovereign nation. So this is a decision we will make on our own. And so uh, if it is deemed to be sort of, I suppose, trying to uh, impose a sojourn status over right. the country, uh, kind of going back to imperial Chinese days, then uh, again, it's a pretty difficult fine line to walk. Uh, we are going to now get the uh, expertise of our good friend from Kumin University's Graduate School of Politics and Leadership noted military expert Professor Pak Hirak. Uh, hello, hello, Professor Pak. As always, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, some argue, I know you've talked about this before as well, that uh, China will be uh, getting closer and closer and embracing North Korea because it may feel cornered by the U.S. and South Korea over that, and thus a an Asian style Cold War might emerge. Do you agree with that argument? What's your take on this? Uh, to me, uh, China seems to consider the nuclear arm North Korea its asset for its uh, advantageous balance of power in Northeast Asia. Uh, that may be why China does not pursue the denuclearization of North Korea. It means that China, not U.S., Japan, or uh, South Korea, is making Cold War-style confrontation in Northeast Asia. Uh, secondly, China may want to apply the strategy of divide and rule on the Korean Peninsula. It tries to strengthen North Korea with nuclear weapons and weaken South Korea by pressing not to deploy THAAD because North Korea, as you know, is weak and South Korea is very strong in many aspects. Uh, most of all, South Korea cannot control, cannot decide the emergence of another Cold War. Regardless of the emergence of a Cold War, South Korea should do its best to strengthen its security uh, uh, from North uh, from North Korean nuclear weapons. Now, Professor, I know you've been following these developments and these proposals. Uh, besides this Lotte Golf Club, other possible sites uh, are. Mount Kachi in Suryanmyeon, according to reports, or uh, Mount Yamsok in Gyeongsumyeon. Um, in your view, what is the most suitable site for, for THAAD? Is this golf course suitable? Is it better than the originally proposed site at Seongsangni, which is home to the Air Force's air defense um, artillery unit? Uh, because I do not have sufficient information about the or possible site for okay. THAAD, I cannot decide the best one. However, I think judging from the Pictures in newspapers, the Lotte Golf Club seems to be very good. It is a little north from uh, Sungju. That means it can defend more South Korean territory from North Korean nuclear weapons. Uh, I think most of all it has many flat uh, golf courses, which could be used uh, for the possible dispersion of that battery in case uh, North Korea long-range missile strikes without battery sites. And I heard that it has very good access and electricity. Uh, however, uh, as you know, the problem is the opposition of people in Kimcheon. Right. Uh, but I think that uh, originally the people in Kimcheon uh, seems to be very patriotic. And all the rumors, including the uh, electromagnetic uh, wave of thought, uh, is right now uh, proving uh, not uh, true. So I think eventually, I think uh, they will accept the deployment of Saad, regardless of the site. Okay. Now, there have been, I suppose, uh, test cases uh, 
even just recently, the uh, Korean Navy's base on Jeju Island, as you uh, well know, has been delayed, but it's finally been completed. It was stalled for years, um, more than 10 years, because of the very fierce protests on the in the residents in Jeju. You say that you feel that the, um, the, the residents are patriotic and they will eventually agree to this. So you're optimistic that the government will be able to avoid the situation in Jeju by persuading these Songju residents that this uh, THAAD battery should be um, in place by the end of next year as planned? Uh, yes. Um, as I said, uh, the people in that area, especially the uh, people in Gyeongsang area, is a kind of uh, very uh, patriotic and uh, sometimes very supportive uh, to the president. Uh, and uh, as I said, uh, the I call them as the anti-national security demagogue. Uh, the anti-security demagogue spread many rumors, uh, including the electromagnetic uh, waves, and uh, the rumors turned out to be not true. So uh, even though there are some demonstrations and oppositions, I think uh, if uh, the government and uh, many opinion leaders try to persuade them I think uh, they will understand the uh, truth and the necessity to, to pull the thought. And I think eventually there will not be any uh, serious problems in deploying the thought. All right. And we maybe slightly move away from the THAAD issue. Of course, uh, still some disputes and and tensions regarding this. But on another development, the uh, South Korean Navy reached a deal with the U.S. uh, aerospace company Lockheed Martin to purchase the latest Aegis defense system for its uh, next generation destroyer fleet slated to be built in the mid 2020s. Can you tell us more about this Baseline 9 Aegis system? It's being called the THAAD of the sea. Uh, With this system, would South Korea be able to better defend against um, future North Korean missile threats? Uh, I think my information is a little different from you. That means that I did not hear that they struck the deal. Okay, okay. Uh, Navy is considering to uh, uh, buy the, uh, they call it SM-3 a sea-based interceptor missiles. Uh, it is very effective uh, weapon systems to intercept uh, the incoming uh, North Korean nuclear weapons. But the problem is that we have um, other urgent uh, project uh, to uh, act, to acquire. That is that we need more. We need to buy more Patriot three Pac three uh, systems to defend our cities. And also, we may need to uh, purchase one a third battery to cover the uh, western part of uh, Korea. And uh, in addition to that, uh, uh, Japan uh, ha- can uh, deploy the uh, Aegis ship uh, with SM-3 uh, interceptors uh, in the sea, which is between North Korea and uh, Japan. But uh, South Korea is peninsula, mm. so... Um, the question is that when we put the easy ship with SM3 in Incheon, um, can it uh, effectively dis- uh, intercept the incoming missiles which target Seoul or Daejeon? And um, I heard that uh, we need to uh, research more on the feasibility of that. So I think that um, uh, there's a, uh, many debates, but uh, military did not reach any conclusion. 
Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much for that clarification uh, uh, from uh, uh, the reporting there. Uh, while we have you, because you are a, a national security expert, of course, the big news, Professor Park, today is that North Korea did fire an SLBM, um, and it traveled much farther than the previous uh, similar tests um, by most accounts, it appears that this was a successful launch. Uh, it's a sign of progress in this uh, North Korean uh, missile program. Uh, maybe develop nuclear-tipped missiles that would be difficult to detect before launch if they build bigger submarines. Um, certainly a troubling development, Professor Park. How can South Korea, you feel, better defend against these uh, advancing technologies by North Korea? Uh, the fact that we need to keep in mind is that uh, right now there's no effective uh, defensive means against the SLBM uh, in the world. Uh, th- that's why that uh, France and uh, Great Britain uh, maintain just four uh, kind of submarines with SLBMs to uh, kind of deter the um, kind of uh, nuclear uh, strong countries. Uh, however, I think that uh, we, South Korea, uh, should uh, uh, be able to defend our people. So we need to uh, investigate all possible options. And one of them is to, to deploy more thought. And at the same time, I think that uh, we can uh, buy or sometimes uh, uh, borrow uh, from the United States the uh, nuclear-propelled uh, submarines in order to uh, monitor and sometimes destroy the North Korean uh, uh, submarines. And at the same time, I think that most important thing is that the cooperation among three countries, uh, the South Korea, U.S., and uh, Japan, to uh, to watch and uh, detect and sometimes destroy the submarines in the so-called East Sea. Uh, so uh, we need to tap all the possible options, but it is not easy task. Certainly not an easy task indeed. Professor Park, as always, we appreciate your analysis and thank you once again for joining us on the line. Yes, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. That was Professor Park Hirak. Um, we have Professor Huang, who's been enjoying this uh, air-conditioned studio, uh, taking a little bit of a break. Um, just, I suppose, to play devil's advocate from what we're hearing with uh, Professor Park, is he seems very uh, optimistic that... Uh, the residents of Songju or even the residents of um, Kumcheon will come to some sort of agreement that they are patriotic, uh, that they will, um, I suppose, because it is traditionally a support region for uh, the uh, current government and their political party, that eventually they will accede to this. But I guess aside, the regional politics aside, um, I, I, and I guess this is a political point of view, but ascribing patriotism to supporting a program that you may have you may have love for country but you might have legitimate concerns about forget the radiation stuff but if you have legitimate concerns about you would hope that that kind of a free dialogue can take place uh, i guess without more of the toxic elements that we have seen so far right right i, I suppose that's sort of the uh, the missing part of the whole debate over that that is is this the best national security policy that south korea can have and i think you know it's, the government can make a 
really legitimate case that it is. On the other hand, I think there is also legitimate concerns about, you know, whether this is actually the best national security policy, not even, you know, not even thinking about economic, you know, blowback from China. You also have to worry about what will China do with respect to North Korea? Will this weaken uh, together with Russia since the Russia is also against uh, against the deployment of that? Will China together with Russia actually weaken the sanctions against North Korea? Clearly, that's not really a good thing for from the national security point of view. So, you know, I think the effects are sort of counteracting to, together. And I think we could have had, you know, open and really, you know, thoughtful discussion about whether deploying that is the best national security policy. But I think from the process point of view, the, I think the Korean government has sort of missed the boat in the sense that, hey, let's have an open discussion. I mean, this is not a really cut and dried issue, but we are trying to make the best decision. I think they kind of failed to include many people in, in, in trying to, uh, you know, make a reasonable case about why they think that this is the best policy. Yeah, and I think that's a stylistic issue that has been raised uh, in some oh, very absolutely. diverse array of issues with this current oh, absolutely, government. Yeah. Uh, the opaqueness of how they're going about it, no, the, the lack of transparency, even in the lead of you, you remember we kept having reports of uh, senior officials from Korea meeting right. US officials, oh, is that going to be discussed? <laughs> oh, we're not talking about that. But then, you know, behind closed doors, you right. know that there's something going on. Absolutely. As you say, if there was an honest dialogue being, I suppose, conducted, this idea of sotong, right? This That's idea right. of communicating mm-hmm. with the public, weighing the pros and cons, doing the cost-benefit analysis, maybe trying to come to some sort of dialogue, even if they have maybe been leaning in this direction yep. once. Or, but right now, because of the fact, and they have even apologized for that, right? That That's lack right. of mm-hmm. discussion for it, is that you even wonder if there was some kind of quid pro quo behind closed doors with the United right. States. Because obviously the United States have been the biggest driver with exactly. this. That um, What is in it for South Korea? I know it's a very difficult decision, but they have must have weighed the potential negative effects from China's anger and decided that this was really the only way to go. Exactly. And I, I think one additional uh, issue to point out is because, you know, there's such distrust about government. We are talking about the regions in Daegu and, you know, Gyeongbuk where, which, which is actually the bastion of the park administration power. If even people there are not really trusting the government and they are now, you know, hearing about all these wild rumors about possible health risks, which I, you know, f- frankly consider unscientific. But, you know, they, they, you know, many residents just refuse to listen to the government. I mean, I think that's really the sad state of the debate that's going on about the fact right now. Right. And as we have been talking about, the the regional aspects of this are uh, certainly uh, going to be compelling. You don't, I don't think it, it really changes the basic equation of which party is supported by which region necessarily per se but uh, you do have the uh, the decision to scrap the plans for a new airport uh, within yep. the Gyeongsang region which uh, did anger residents who've been promises for many many years by right. conservative governments and political parties but at the same time with that as well uh, that is the question then looking forward is um we are seeing these protests, and, and Koreans are very creative and very dramatic in the way they protest. Shaved heads during Kwangbokjal, yep. uh, during Liberation Day. Um, the residents continue to protest this, uh, despite the optimism raised by uh, Professor Park that the, these are patriotic <laughs> Koreans that will eventually uh, fall in line. It's possible that there will there will be a diehard group of people who will be completely opposed to this for a long time, and this yep. project may indeed be delayed through next year. Yeah, it's possible, but at the same time, once the decision is made, I have a feeling that the actual deployment will be done with much less fanfare. So, you know, my expectation is at some point this issue will die down. Okay.
Well, uh, we will have to uh, wait and see. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, just judging by the way things have going on this program, it's probably not the last time we'll be talking <laughs> right. about that. Uh, nevertheless, Professor Huang, as always, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much.